Welcome to the Being Known Podcast with my friend, Dr. Kurt Thompson. My friend, Pepper Sweeney. We are here to discover and explore what it means to be truly known. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Pep. Here, I changed, with the, you. Can't change the cadence up there a little bit just to, you know, I took that pause because I'm learning from the master, you know. You take that, you take that pause and you get everyone's attention and then you can then you can finish the sentence. When Kurt and I first started working together on other projects and he was, he was speaking and I, <laughs> I was directing the events and Kurt was speaking and there were times where he would take a pause or the, the best was he would want there to be this sort of <laughs> beat before he would go up on stage prior to being announced or prior to the, the, uh, the person that was speaking ahead of him. And he would pause and I'd be in the back of the room thinking he has no idea he's supposed to be going up right now. And he would pause and he would pause. And just as I would stand up to come around, go through the people and tap him on the shoulder, he would stand up and go. The, he was the king oh. of the pause. That's for sure. I'm like, I'm like the, uh, I'm like a major league batter waiting for my, waiting for my music to start. Exactly. <laughs> so, you want your walk up music. Yeah. My walk up music. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I had, I had, I was I, I I was like functionally illiterate back no. then. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah. gracious. Hey, it's great to see you today, Kurt. And um, right on, man. We are it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. It's yeah. been a little bit of time since yeah. we've recorded last. And I, you know, Amy and I were talking, chatting this week and saying, you know, it's just too long. You know, there's too long of a period yeah. of time between when we get to see each other. But the fact that we have this cadence and we can be together and it's purposeful is hugely impactful in my life. And, um, yeah, me too. you know, it's, it's time very well spent. And yep, right we on. have been talking this season about confessional communities. And um, today we are going to be talking about confessional communities, the later seasons. Mm. Yeah. Let's yeah. jump in. So we've uh, talked about, so far, we've talked about what it is required in initiation of those communities. We've talked about what it means to be in the middle of those seasons, what it takes to continue and to help to, you know, all the, all the, some of the nuts and bolts of what happens in the course of that time. And then we, we get to this question of how do we end one or how do people depart from these uh, confessional communities when it comes time for them to do that, if that's the case. And so we, what we mean by the later seasons, this could be Anything from what happens when a group itself comes to an end mm -hmm. or what happens when people are ready to leave a group or they need, you know, need to depart a group for whatever reason. And uh, this brings us to the, the reminder that we have two kinds of confessional communities, one that we call a time-limited group. Uh, at our practice, we run both of these forms, the first form being a time-limited group that runs for about eight months. Mm -hmm. This is for people who've never really been in one before. They want to get their feet wet in this, and they don't know if they can commit to an ongoing group that lasts, you know, for many of these several years. Uh, but it is an eight-month thing to which they can commit. Once a week, they're they're together yeah. in, for those yeah, eight months? Yeah, once a week for 90 minutes. Yep. The, same, the same cadence in that regard, but it, it's it's a it's time-limited. And then we have ongoing groups. And in the time-limited groups, uh, we get to the end, and of course, the entire group, is it's wrapping up its experience. 
uh, in the center for being known when we are doing these training for people who are these are lasting for six months. And so we have opportunities for people to learn how to say goodbye in proper ways. We'll get to that in just a moment. But this is a opportunity for us to like pay attention to the reality that things come to an end. Mm. Relationships come to an end. And this is like this is one of the more painful things for us in life that we will sometimes do all kinds of things to avoid. But that these groups come to an end after being such a rich place for the kind of work that gets done, it then gives us an opportunity to learn how do we say goodbye, whether you're in a time-limited group or an ongoing group that lasts for many, many months, for several years for some. And so we see that in these in these times, we're drawing these con- confessional communities to a close, either for individuals who might be leaving an ongoing group or for the group itself. And people leave for various reasons. Um, sometimes people leave because they're moving out of the area. That's one reason that they leave. Sometimes it happens that people leave because they reach a certain point where they, as shocking as this might seem, although it happens, you know, it just, it still happens. People get to a point where they are no longer able to tolerate the intimacy that is in the room because that intimacy is touching some part of themselves and their story, the pain of which they can't tolerate. Sometimes people end up having to leave because they discover that they're not able to self-regulate under certain conditions. And, you know, as we said, we, they've got these different phases that the communities enter into. And like within the first phase, oh, we're all here because we think we're all here for ourselves. And by the time you get to the second or third phase and you discover that you're really here to work things out with the person across the room from you, you find, again, parts of your story being activated that sometimes you didn't know that you were working so hard to regulate. And before you know it, you're you find yourself feeling things and doing things that uh, shock everybody else in the room, that surprise you and mean that you can't really stay in the game. And there are some people who just really aren't able to remain committed to the process. Um, they they want to remain open at one level, but they find themselves really kind of continuing to be committed to what we would call a left hemispheric way of being in the world. I see the world as a problem to solve. So I end up, you know, wanting to talk about your problems or about offer you the solutions to my problem. And that's just, you know, not really tenable for, for the group because that's not where we're not just there to solve problems or to come up with reasons. And it doesn't mean that we don't, we, we talk about tactics for entering into people's challenges all the time. But those become ways for fostering greater intimacy. And that whole notion of being unable to tolerate the intimacy uh, with others in the room, you know, as much as we say, gosh, I want to be seen, soothed, safe, secure, I want to be loved, uh, we find that uh, these are when people are leaving under these conditions, that it's one more uh, indicator of how it is that we as human beings find that the most difficult thing for us above all else, is to be, rece- to be receptive to love. Hmm. It's far more difficult for me to be receptive to you loving me than it is for me even for me to love my enemy. The reason I can't love my enemy, the reason I don't love my friends well, is because there's some part of me that as of yet has not been receptive to love, has not yet been loved, because I'm too terrified of your getting close to that part of me that needs that. Not unlike the rich young ruler who like couldn't tolerate the look of love that Jesus offered to him. 
And then, so what we see then at the end of the day is that this leaving, this saying goodbye for whatever reason is, comes as a function of either integration or disintegration. When we say goodbye purposefully, the very act of saying goodbye can be an integrative process. When we just, when we leave for other reasons, uh, we, it, it is a, it is a feature and function of disintegration. Uh, we've had people who have been part of a group for an extended period of time, and then one day, they just don't come back. They don't return our calls. They don't return our texts, our emails. Like, they just, like, completely ghost the community. We never hear from them again, which is an odd thing. But, like, when you read the Gospels, like, what people did. People ghosted Jesus. Like, no, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Right when you when you read the, the Gospel of John, as Leslie Newbegin says, you read from chapter six to chapter ten. He goes from feeding five thousand people who want to be with him to chapter ten. He's saying to the disciples, "Do you too want to leave me?" And Leslie Newbegin says, "Therefore, we see that the preaching of the gospel leads not to church growth, but to its opposite." Hmm. And we find that in the, the work of these confessional communities requires everybody crossing threshold after threshold after threshold, in which we're always continuing to make decisions. Am I willing to be go this next step of vulnerability, the next step of vulnerability, further up and further in? And so what we have for people uh, is we, we provide for them what we call uh, a goodbye liturgy. You know, culturally as a rule, uh, we, we don't say goodbye well. Right. People. We want to we want to minimize it because we can't tolerate the sadness. Sometimes we say goodbye violently. I was just with some friends uh, this past weekend who are intimately who are an intimate connected part of the community at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville, where people were killed back in mm-hmm. March. The assailant in that situation was saying goodbye violently to people and and to herself. It's a it's it's a it's a place of great sadness and aloneness, kind of catastrophic aloneness. We don't say goodbye well, so we avoid it. But this gives us an opportunity to learn how to do this on purpose and with purpose. And so there are some mecha- there are the mechanics that we offer to people. We have a goodbye liturgy, for example. Um, which is what we'll get to in a second. But So there are certain mechanics that when we have them, it helps us have a better sense of how we do this. The other thing that it does, saying goodbye on purpose, gives us a greater sense of remembrance. Uh, that when I uh, say goodbye to you in this way, the very act of departure is an act of loving kindness. It's an act of me saying to you, these are the things that I love about you. I hear from you the things that you love about me. And so even in the departure, in the going away, the relationship is still being constructed. It's still being knit together. And so there is this sense of creating memory where I hold you and you hold me even in the departure. And then we say that there is this sense that even grief itself, as, as you know, we like to say we are people of great longing, we are people of great grief. We come to find that grief itself can be integrative to the degree that we are paying attention to these three features of it, the embodiment of grief, what I, what I sense in my body, what I feel, what I witness in your body, like when we share tears in saying goodbye, like that, that, that creates an, int- like I, I have more of you within me and vice versa. 
the embodied expression of emotion. So the second, the first is embodiment. The second is emotion. Like we want the emotion that is connected to this grief to be present so that we can co-regulate this in the context of a community. And then we have empathic responses to that emotional state, the sadness of the departure. For me to be able to say, this is really hard, I'm really going to miss you while I am leaving, that empathy also strengthens my capacity to tolerate the emotion of grief because it's done in an embodied fashion. And then we want to say goodbye to explicit people by offering explicit messages. In these communities, we don't just have John saying goodbye, everyone, and then leaving. Right. John is going to say goodbye to Sarah and to Hank, to Julie, and to Jessica. Like We're going to say this to particular people because each person has a particular part of my heart and vice versa. And so I don't just want to say goodbye generically. Goodbye, you all. And, you know, it'd be easier to say, hey, goodbye, you all. But as we've said here before, one of the missions of confessional community is to move us continually from a place of imagination to incarnation. I mean, this is what Jesus is doing with his disciples when he says to them in the pastoral discourses in, the, you know, in, in John's gospel, where he, he says, like, if I don't leave, spirit's not going to come. And so he's saying to his disciples, I'm going to go. And of course, you know, every single gospel, you know, like indicates that like they didn't get it. They're like, right. what are you like? Where are you going? Like, what are you like? Go where? Like, what are you going to do? Like, no, it's like, you know, we have 2000 years of hindsight. And you say like, ah, these guys, like, they didn't get it. Like, look, look, I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to get it because I don't want you to leave. Right. Which is why I don't say goodbye. I just don't let myself say goodbye. And so there are elements when we say goodbye to, there are these, these three elements that we highlight when we say goodbye to someone and that we receive from that same person. The first element is when I, when I say goodbye to someone, when I say goodbye to someone in the group, I want to say, first of all, this is how I've witnessed your growing or becoming more integrated or more whole. These are the things I've watched happen in your life over the course of the time we've been together. And, you know, we, we don't say like, oh, I've seen you grow to be a better person. I have no idea what that means. No, we want explicit examples and moments recounted. Again, this is about remembering, mm -hmm. remembering, remembering, remembering all the work that people have done. So here's how I've seen you grow. The second element is this is what I long for you further. Mm -hmm. Now, anybody who's paying attention We'll see, oh, that's a different way of saying, here's, you know, we can tell, here's where I think you still need to grow. Here's where I think, like, you need to work on hitting curveballs. And, and you know, we're, we're so prone, we're, it's easy for us to name the things about somebody else that, that you know, they're not doing right. Right. But it is, it, it is important that we, that we acknowledge it in this. I, I learned this a long time ago from my colleague, Kristen Terry, who now lives and works in Michigan. And, you know, I, I remember that one day I heard her say this when she was talking. To, I, I'd love to see you fill in the blank. I'd love to see you. Here's where I long for you to continue to grow. In this, I'd love for you to do this, do this, do this. And then the third element is articulating to you, uh, this is how being in relationship with you has enabled me to live more truly. 
this is how you have helped me tell my story more truly, how I am more whole, how I am more integrated, and giving particular examples. I remember a conversation that we had, it was now about three months ago, in which you were sitting over, you were sitting where John's sitting right now, and I was talking about this, and you said this to me, and for the next three weeks, I couldn't get those, those, those thoughts were in my mind, and I was taking you with, like, I'm giving you specific examples of how your life is affecting me. Yeah, it's so much is, is about, you know, the specifics leads to, you're important to me. You know, Dude. even though I have to leave, you know, in this moment, you are important to me. And I wouldn't say, I don't think softens the blow is the right, is the right way to put it. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've been guilty of the Irish goodbye of, mm. you know, I have, mm. Mm. you know, and, 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 and in that it can be interpreted as you are not important to me. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yeah. And we're, we're so afraid because like, this is the thing, right? Like intuitively, we know that, uh, you know, we, we think we're saying goodbye with this liturgy, which we are, mm-hmm. but we simultaneously are actually knitting ourselves even more deeply together. Yeah. And so there's the part of me that like, look, I like tomorrow, like next week is your last week. Like, I just, I like, I don't want to be in the room when that happens. When you leave for the last time, like, I can't take it. Right. I can't take what I like because your departure is pulling part of me into the room. Well, and if you just walk out without going through a process like this, you might be okay, but the collateral damage that you've caused in the room because of those kind of feelings, like I'm, you know, and and you may not even realize how much you've impacted the people in the room. And so and so you just get up and leave and it's it's shattered, right? It's right. it's it's a confusing yeah and 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 yeah. yet if you take the time to do this you know it it really shows no i care you're important and here's the the specific reasons why and the things i see in you yeah you know kurt as we look at confessional communities i want to share with you our Being Known podcast community, something recently brought to my attention. Did you know that the world is facing a devastating global food crisis? Many factors have caused this, including the war in Ukraine, inflation, fertilizer shortages, the effect of COVID-19, and extreme weather, right? These things have all kind of collided to create this global food crisis. And as food prices climb, hunger and malnutrition in vulnerable children intensifies. And so when we learned about this crisis, we thought, what can we do about it? This is why we sought out a partnership with Compassion International. Phyllis and I have supported Compassion International for years, and we know firsthand the amazing work that they do. One of the unique things about Compassion is that they work with local churches located where the need is most urgent. This is church-driven, child-focused, Christ-centered work. And this is where we all come in. Now, here's what we're asking you to do. A one-time donation of $50. You're not going to believe what Compassion International can do with this $50. They feed a family of five for a full month with that $50 donation. 
Wow. Now we get to be a part of this work, right? Compassion International empowers people from their own community to help. This is locally sourced food delivered neighbor to neighbor. And, you know, I love this because when help does arrive, it arrives with a familiar face at the door. And we certainly hope this helps the families and children feel seen, soothed, safe, and secure in addition to feeding them. Mm. These interventions help families return to normal so children can experience healthy development and thrive in their God-given potential. We really need your help here. So go to Compassion.com forward slash known. That's C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N dot com forward slash known. Make a $50 donation and feed a family of five for a month. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. Please join us. I'll just say this as an aside, and I'll just acknowledge to our listeners that we'll, we'll, I'm just going to go off the interstate, sure, exit, and get back on pretty quickly, and just name a topic that probably deserves its own episode, which I think we can do. And I just want to say that what you just named, you know, how in some respects the Irish goodbye becomes, and for our listeners who don't know what that is... What is that? Well, it's it's walking out. Speaking as a, speaking as an Irishman. Yes. Well, it's 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 originated. Any Irish listener, I can say you know the last name Sweeney. I'm allowed to say this, but it started out with the, the guy that had too many pints in the pub. Didn't want people to know how many pints he'd had, so he just sneaks out and doesn't say goodbye. And so it's become this. You know, you go to a social gathering and and you don't really want to make the rounds and say goodbye to everybody. You just want to get out, so you just slip out. And next thing you know, people are like, "Where where Pepper go?" Where's Kurt? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. This is why suicide is so, mm. like why, why it is the, there, there's nothing in, in, our, in our community here. We've had a recent um, encounter with this, mm-hmm. our church community, and it's been extraordinarily, you know, disruptive and painful. And, you know, there are lots of ways in which we suffer as human beings, but there's nothing that is more shattering to a community than suicide. And in no small part, because of the very thing that you're saying, like a person leaves and for lots of different reasons. And this is, this is not an indictment about the people who are leaving. It's not an indictment about the person who dies by suicide. We're not saying that it's not about that at all. It is about the effect that it has on those who are left. The collateral damage. Right. Exactly. And when we imagine that and, and, the, and, the, and how just painfully tragic that is, uh, we, we would be hard-pressed to imagine that my leaving a community and not saying a proper goodbye would, be, would at all be anything like that. And yet. And yet. There yeah. are hints of the same thing. Right. And, yeah. And it's saying, it's not only saying, it's not only feels to the person in the room like they don't mean, but it's really saying, you know, you don't look at yourself as important enough that you don't realize that you're important to people and you don't want to realize that. And so you just walk away. Right. right. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's so true. I mean, I, I, when, again, back to these, you know, these farewell discord, this farewell discourse in John, like 14, 15, 16, where Jesus has all these words that he's saying to his disciples in the last night, it is a model for like, Oh, this is a guy who, in his 
preparing to go, is saying some of the most intimate words that we have recorded between Jesus and his disciples. Mm. Like he's going even deeper. The Canadian singer-songwriter Bruce Coburn. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this dude, he has this one song that is a uh, lament about someone that he's lost to, who's died. And he, in the, at the end of the, the second half of the chorus, the line is deeper into darkness, someone closer to the light. This person is moving deeper into darkness and moving closer to mm-hmm. the light, heading into day, heading into daylight. And I think that that's what Jesus is doing in John 14, 15, 16. And I think that this is what we're actually trying to do. We're trying to model John 14 through 16 in this goodbye liturgy. We are on purpose acknowledging if I'm the one who's leaving, we are acknowledging. I'm acknowledging that of my being loved by you, my felt sense of being loved. I'm not just acknowledging you loving me. I'm like, I'm acknowledging me. And I'm acknowledging you and vice versa. And in this, in, in this way of departure, we depart even more whole by doing the hard work of saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Which is, we would say like, you know, God is in the business of transforming everything, including death itself. And the notion of saying goodbye is like, especially when we're saying goodbye for the last time under these kind of, in these places, is it's like, it's like a form of death. Like we're, this thing is dying. Yeah. And the texts, the scriptures tell us, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this morning, the end of John 19 and Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they come and they take Jesus' body and, and the detail that John gives, it's a new tomb, like, and it's in a garden, right? This is Eden. This is like, it's in a garden. It's a new tomb. Never been used. What are they doing? They're planting a seed. They're getting up close and personal with the body. They're not messing around. They don't send messengers. They don't send servants to do like these two guys. They go and they have intimate connection. With the king. And he like he's really dead. This is not like American movies where, you know, thousands of people are killed in the course of two hours. The good guys never lose. And that last section of John 19 gets us ready for what's coming. And we want to say that this goodbye liturgy is, in and of itself, it's not just an ending. It's getting us ready for what's coming. Mm. So we know that there will be a timing and a cadence for all this that we, um, you know, there's you know, details of which we don't have to go into here, but as, as people are involved in these confessional communities. When a group comes to an end, there is a way that we do this over a period of several weeks. And when a particular person is leaving a group, they will say goodbye to a couple of people, you know, each week for three or four weeks as they're doing this on. So everybody has plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we see that even 
the uh, bringing to an end these later stages of confessional communities themselves are opportunities for the work of the Holy Spirit to uh, create beauty and goodness, even in that space of sadness that, that we often want to avoid. But we are saying, no, we are turning into this space of darkness, moving further into it, closer to the light. I'm reminded of your description of trauma Mm. being a shattered lens Mm. and this idea of, you know, it is trauma when someone leaves or even for the person that's leaving, it can be trauma as well. And this process really helps put a gauze on that, that shattered lens. Um, So the trauma isn't overtaking. Yeah. 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 This was great, Kurt. Thank you so much. You know, learning to say goodbye well is a really important thing. Not, you know, like, like you say, you know, the confessional communities, they are practicing to be human and they aren't, we're doing these things everywhere. Right. So, so this practice of saying goodbye well is not just for confessional communities. This is for, for life. So yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we typically have an artistic offering that Kurt or I offer at the end of these episodes. But Amy has asked if she could do the artistic offering this week. And I th- we thought that would be great. So welcome in, yeah. Amy Chella. Oh, and while Amy I Chella. see the three of you, the two of you, three of us on a screen together, I'm reminded that we are going to be together in person, right? This fall on October the 26th, uh, we are going to be doing a live podcast. and Thursday evening. Thursday evening. And then Friday is the celebration, or I did it again, the Connections Conference. uh, We're going to celebrate it. For uh, Center for Being Known. And if you would like information on this and to purchase tickets to these things, you will go to thecbk.org. And Kurt, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what we can expect? Yeah, so um, at this point, we know that that's, that the one-day conference on Friday the 27th is going to include uh, a lineup of four speakers that I'm really, really excited about. Derek McNeil, president of the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. Melissa Russell, who is the immediate past president of International Justice Mission of North America. Uh, Ned Bustard, who is an acclaimed uh, author publisher and artist from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and then my good friend Duke Kwan, who is a pastor of Grace Meridian Hill. It's a church here in in Washington, D.C., and these are four folks that are going to be bringing us really beautiful experience around what their life experience is in their profession regarding what it means to be known and how that affects uh, the work that they do across a range of different Venue. So that's going to be the day uh, I'll have a few things to say. Pepper will be, once again, we'll be emceeing our time together. We're going to have a great time of sharing. And we're still working out some details. We don't know for sure, but there's a possibility that we're going to, that the conference is going to offer a bit of a, something that we might even on Thursday afternoon, the 26th, the day before, but we're still, we're still trying to work that out. But I hope to see many of you there. Yeah, it'll be great. We had a great time last oh, year and, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're really I know the three of us are really looking forward to it. it I can't tell, express to you how much fun it was to be in the room with oh, you dude. guys, but also 
also with you <laughs> listeners. You yes. know, it was oh, just so totally. fun. I, oh, I was riding high off that for quite a long time. So I'm I'm really looking yeah. forward to going back to that. Anyway, sorry about that, Aim. So let's hear no, about all, this great. artistic okay, offering. I just, this this artistic offering. I just to be clear, I want I suggested this song to be the artistic offering. I did not suggest that I offer it. I uh, think that was your idea, Pat. It might have very well been my idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So this week's artistic offering is a song called Bang. And it's B-A-N-G and exclamation point. And the exclamation point is actually part of the title. So it's by AJR, a band of three brothers. They grew up in New York City. They were musically inclined from an early age. And their record, recording studio, even today, is their living room. They record the majority of their work there. Work there. And this song, it's it's on my playlist, a playlist that because it immediately, I can feel it in my body, and it elevates, it's just, it brings me to a fabulous place. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is two things, the story it tells in the production and the mm-hmm. story it tells in the lyrics. And so, okay, the production. They, they, these three brothers, they were having a bit of a writer's block. So they're in their recording studio, again, in their living room, <laughs> and they hear this. Can you hear that knock? There's a knock yeah. at the door. An interruption, right, for sure. And one of the brothers is like, wait, did you guys hear that? Now, I don't even know if they answered the door. I'm assuming they did. And the one brother is like, what if we raised that a couple octaves? What if we took that sound and raised it a couple octaves? And then if we slowed it down a little bit. So then this knock at the door becomes an element in the song. And then wow. they, have, they have a bunch of these things. And then, then they wanted to have um, a voice transition into the chorus. And so they had some lyrics for it. They had their dad record it, and they're like, no, that didn't work. And they're <laughs> like, okay, how about the neighbor? That didn't work. So one of the brothers did it. And then living in New York City, they're like, Oh my gosh, the Metro, the guy that says, stand back, doors are closing, you know, the baritone. They're like, could we get that guy to do it? So they email him. The guy replies, says, send me the lines. I'll do it. So they have that as part of it. Okay, so that's a fabulous story. And then the lyrics. So bang, it's called bang because it's about transitioning, saying goodbye to their teens and transitioning into adulthood. And they're like, we want to go out with the bang. And one of the lines is, it's been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to go. Mm. And then one of, one of the, and it's whimsical because they say we put quinoa in our fridge, still we're not feeling grown. Like they're, so it's playful, it's whimsical, but it's poignant because then it, it begs the question, what is our story of mm. going from teen to adulthood? Mm. Mm. So... It's awesome. Yeah. As I listen to you talk about this, Amy, your enthusiasm for this is infectious. And I'm I'm excited to go. I know the song, but I'm excited to go listen to it. And also there is a video that's really cool that we'll link um, in the show notes that kind of has them also talking about the process of making the song as they're performing. Yeah. It's very, very cool. So thanks for sharing that, Amy. We love it. Love it. Yeah. So for our application this week... So after you've listened now, hopefully you've listened to these six episodes, what about being part of a confessional community draws you? 
how does the notion of being in a confessional community create distress in you? Now, consider the possibility of being a part of confessional community training, which you can find at the Center for Being Known. You can also find at New Story Behavioral Health. But as you think about that, and you're feeling reluctant to participate in something like that, maybe in that kind of training, what, what is it that seems to be holding you back from that kind of a thing? And then lastly, consider the parts of your life that you believe would be more integrated, more whole, if you were to become a participant in a confessional community. Tell someone that you trust and consider what you would need to do to make this happen. So you have a week to do that. This is your application. And then we are going to be back um, (laughs) answering some of your questions that you've been asking us on social media about confessional communities. And we'll be back with that episode next week. Those of you who are watching on YouTube and seeing these, my two beautiful friends here, then uh, you can stick around because we're going to have our after show conversation coming up next. Love you guys. See ya. Love you guys. Love you guys. All right. This podcast is produced by Kurt Thompson, Pepper Sweeney, and myself, Amy Chella. Audio production and editing is by Keaton Simons. Video production and editing is by Mark Gould. Speaking of videos, each week we post the video version of every episode to our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube by going to youtube.com or your app and searching Being Known Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on social media at Being Known Pod. If you like this podcast, tell a friend. Tell all of your friends. And please like, rate, and review. Be well, be known.